Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Hey, Pod Club. I just want to do a quick trigger warning on this episode that we'll be talking about substance abuse, depression, and suicide. After the first year of abstinence, that's when things start to get really weird. And the adjustment period to figure out who I was as a person required a lot more investigation because that's really what I need to kind of continue forward and grow as a person is to figure out all these things that I feel like I missed a class on, right? In terms of just how to be, how to, how, you know, how to be durable through really tough stuff and how not to complain about things and how to kind of just move forward and get better as a person without taking people down, which is kind of just like what I used to do in my life. It's a podcast about podcasts about Today, we're talking to someone who is actually a very old friend of mine. The two of us started our journalism careers together, writing about none other than municipal bonds. Yeah, look how far we both come. Since leaving the bond beat, AJ Delario has had a pretty unique trajectory, and some would say a pretty unique downfall. I left the Bond Buyer newspaper to become a gossip columnist for the New York Daily News, AJ eventually left for a few different jobs, finally landing at Gawker Media's sports blog, Deadspin. The Gawker Media empire was a huge part of everyone's life that worked in media back in the 2000s. The site was sometimes nasty, but it was frankly revolutionary for what it did for blogs and all of digital media. It was really Gawker that made digital gossip media more of what we know it as today. They were often aggressive and ruthless, and a lot of people really loved it. But man, did it really get under a lot of people's skin. In October of 2012, AJ posted an explicit clip of Hulk Hogan to the website. He and the site's founder were subsequently sued by Hogan for $115 million. It led to the demise of a decades-long career for AJ and his eventual spiral into drugs and alcohol. These days, AJ's work focuses on the many ways that he's recovered from that life-altering event and the ways that he's self-medicated to cope with it. 
He started a newsletter called The Small Bow after getting out of rehab. And his work there has now been adapted into a podcast called Really Good Shares. It's part interview show, part storytelling experiment, where AJ talks to people who've recovered from all sorts of things. Not just drugs and alcohol, but severe depression, car accidents, and professional failures. The episode that got me hooked was the one about James Fry. He was the notorious memoirist who later admitted to fabricating many parts of his life story. It was the day after the second Oprah show, and I came home, and Oprah called me to see if I was okay. And she first asked me if I was going to hurt myself. And I sort of chuckled, and I was like, no, I'm not. She was like, are you sure? And I said, listen, yesterday was a bad day, but I've had vastly worse. And then she said, what are you going to do next? And I said, I'm a book writer. I'm going to go write some books. I just finished listening to your James Frey episode. The disgraced writer and the moment where Oprah calls him to make sure he's not going to kill himself. Right. You talk to people when about... Their most disgraced moments, whether or yeah. not that is drugs and alcohol or public shaming, which we know there's plenty, plenty of public right. shaming. Um, but you start the show out by getting all of your own shit on the table. Drugs, yeah. alcohol, recovery, the Gawker trial. Tell mm-hmm. me why you decided to go there with your own story in the first episode. Well, I, I had a lot of paranoia soon after the trial because i didn't i didn't work for about 18 months just like kind of unraveling from all that after the trial between all of the settlements that needed to happen and i kept getting enmeshed in all these other lawsuits that had nothing to do with me it was it was a, a tough time and um but i also felt like it was my fault for most of it mm-hmm. so i mean kind of feeling like that i screwed up this company, screwed up my life, and I deserved it while getting sober and kind of just like being without all the stuff that used to keep me calm and let me escape from all these things. Having all those feelings was pretty intense. And, you know, as as most people in recovery go through a 12-step process. And anytime you're in those meetings and you have to kind of just like, you know, talk a little bit about yourself, you talk about the early stage of recovery. Mine what started in a courtroom getting sued by Hulk Hogan. But also every time I would share that story, most people would thought thought I was drunk because I mean, like you come in basically saying, <laughs> oh, I'm AJ, you know, I have 65 days sober and I'm being sued by a professional wrestler for $100 million, right? Um, kind of people snap their heads back on that. But the thing was, is just being kind of as a, a public a public writer and then being kind of just like in 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 involved in such a, a, a public lawsuit where I didn't like look very good, obviously, too, to come back out and try to be whoever I was at that period of time, I thought required, at, at least to my point, just like an explanation, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I was really, really trying to be conscientious about that this is not a redemption story, whatever I'm doing publicly. I'm trying to do this. I, and I tell... 
I mean, you can probably relate to this, but I mean, after years of kind of spending time writing on the internet for a story that you'd, you'd hope to get picked up by the slipstream and, and taken out to all these people, I don't want to write for those people anymore. Mm-hmm. I just wanted yeah. to write for a completely new audience. And I had to be a little fearless about that, just putting this out there and ignore kind of all the people basically saying, you know, at least in my head, just like, oh, here's the Gawker guy trying to basically get his job back, right? Back into the slipstream, of course. Well, yeah, yeah but I mean, like, you know, here's here's someone who's apologizing to everybody because he wants to kind of work in media again, which is not mm-hmm. the case. I didn't want to work in media to begin with, right? I didn't, I just, like, this was <laughs> my job for a long period of time, but I hated myself and I hated the work. I was so paranoid, Joe, every time I wrote about the Gawker trial that I was going to get sued and... I actually got subpoenaed like about a year and a half into it and to you know show up for another one of Hogan's lawsuits. And it got, I mean, it I absolutely collapsed. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this again. Right. Yeah. You know, I just and I had no lawyer again, so I had to get just start all that stuff up again. And I had to stay sober though, too. Right. That was the most right. important thing. So those are the moments that I really want to kind of isolate in terms of just like, okay, this is the aftermath of all of, you know, life is still going to happen in the way life happens. And I have to figure out how to handle myself appropriately and not self-destruct as I used to do. Right. And in order for me to kind of just, you know, do that, I need to talk about as much hard stuff as I possibly can. Kind of incorporating that into the show you know, I mean, it gets a little gnarly sometimes. And we just did an episode where I had to kind of call time out a couple of times because I was just like, this is, I hate to use the word, it was activating me, right? It was mm-hmm, making things mm-hmm. a little emotionally turbulent for me. And um, well, what was, what was that episode about? Why? That was about suicidal ideation and depression mm-hmm. and, you know, all things that I basically kind of dealt with my whole entire life. And you know, I, I as as important as it is for me to, I think, talk about that stuff as, as openly as possible. I recognize that it was just like, oh, I was care- I was holding on to this stuff well after the show, and you know, I, I got I got caught in a little bit of a tornado there for a second, and I had to kind of just you know talk to a couple people and just pull myself out and you know take some more meds and just you know get through it, but. You know, that's that's what my life is. And I think the the greatest part of basically about having this sort of kind of at least openness about it right now is I get to meet other people that suffer through the same things. Right. And Mm -hmm. we can all help each other out. Right. You know, we just ran that episode and just to hear from people who have similar issues say, yeah, that was you, you did okay with that was great. You know, that we can handle those sort of topics appropriately is, is, a, is, is I think, a, a real testament to both Julian as a producer and just everyone else who works on the show. Because we're, we're trying to conscientious and careful with those sort of subject matters, too. And that was the episode Earthquakes, where you guys Earthquakes, talked yes. to the philosophy Clancy professor, Martin. Clancy yeah. Martin. That's, a, that's such a good name. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that you and I are very similar in that we both kind of use stories and reporting to like make sense of our worlds. And so like by, I really think the only way that I can grow and the only way I can figure anything out at all at this point in my life is by listening or reading about other people that have gone 
through it. And that's what I love right. about really good shares. Hmm, thank you. I mean, um, you know, it's it's tough to talk about some of the things that not only just like I went through, but also things that I I feel like I the ways I hurt other people, right? And the ways that I kind of just had to uh, really put myself out there in that way, but not kind of just like a mat. I don't like it when, and this has happened a lot of times when, you know, people get called out for their, their old blog post or something like that or something. And then they make a mass apology to just the internet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I definitely, I definitely didn't want to come across that way. I mean, you know, I, I treat the amends process kind of seriously because I've screwed it up so much times right and this show is not that right this is not like a blanket apology for everything that i've done it's more about here are the people that i think are just putting good into the world and have actually just like you know faced some of these fears about becoming a new person and and done so with 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 grace and dignity in a way that i really want to emulate in some capacity and not be afraid of my past right i mean that's a really tough thing mm -hmm. to do especially just like given the slug trail of the internet that i have right where it's just like oh, you yeah. can pretty You're... much google myself and just like have all these awful things come up your past is very public my friend very public yeah but it's mm -hmm. um I, you know i i i really it, it took a long time for me to not be, like I said, afraid of that or afraid of what's going to pop mm -hmm. up or afraid of what people are going to say or, 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 or telling me that I don't deserve any sort of happiness moving forward. And I, I had to kind of forgive myself first before that. And that's a really tough thing to do, right? Um, oh, yeah. Because Probably I'm the hardest now thing. feeling, yeah, now I'm feeling all of these things that I kind of suppressed and pushed down and, and you know, drank away or snorted away or just like, you know, found other, as many other outlets in order to not confront how I was feeling. And now I kind of just sit with all these stuff and to sit with the things that basically say just like, oh, I was kind of rotten for a long period of time, but I was also <laughs> kind of hurt, right? I mean... I had mm -hmm. some I had some real issues that I was not addressing and now I'm trying to address them and I'm trying to kind of put as much good back into the world as I did bad. Right. You know, so I mean, I'm and trying that, to offset that with the rest of my life. It's like it's like offsetting with um, carbon credits really is what it is. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like it's more about like I don't care about any of this stuff that is, is on the Internet about me. I care about the things that, you know, that I still have trouble with, that I still you know, having having young kids as as you do right now. I mean, I I hate the fact of how some days I feel like I spend the whole day yelling and not even at them just because I'm frustrated to a point yeah. that I don't know I'm ill-equipped to handle some things. And those are the things that I'm trying to fix because I mean those are coming from the same place that got me in trouble before, right? I can recognize right. that those feelings of frustration and just like, you know, the, the feeling of being inadequate. I mean, it's just like those are the things that kind of made me a really good uh, gossip blogger. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I want to pull those out and basically recognize that this is also the stuff that, you know, my father used to do to me. And I definitely don't want to be mm -hmm. like that guy. But I also need to kind of recognize that I'm human, too. And as parents, we're, we're, we are ill-equipped. But my the work that I do in, in recovery needs to come first. It's like that whole oxygen mask sort of theory. Like mm, when you're yes, on a plane. Yes, the airplane, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and I and I kind of I kind of apply that sort of just rationale to everything that I do. But I, you know, for me, it's it's recovery, it's meditation, it's my meds, it's basically talking to people, it's going to twelve step meetings, it's exercising. You know, if I if I start to kind of neglect that, everything falls apart. For really good shares, who is your dream guest? Who are you dying to have on to talk about their you challenges? Know, <sighs> I, I mean, and I was thinking about this today, and initially, I think we had Dan Rather as a person. Oh. I had I'd done some brief work with him at one point, and I know, you know, how thoughtful he is now about his own career and about his struggles with kind of anxiety and depression, right? Which I don't know if I'm outing him. <laughs> That's I don't mean to. I don't but think you're. I don't I, think you're outing, you're outing him. Okay. No, he's talk, he's yeah. talked about that. Yeah. So. And and I mean he's such a, a a thoughtful and kind man and I and I always wanted to figure out if there's a way we can kind of work him into the show. But then you know from a personal standpoint, um, Sarah Silverman, who I oh, yeah. dicked over at one point in a very very huge horrible way, and she had called me basically in tears, basically just like how Wait, could you do this to me? Why would you do this up. to me? How did how did you dick over yeah. Sarah Silverman? Sarah Silverman was promoting her book, which I think was called The Bedwetter or something along those lines, mm-hmm. but uh, was promoting a book. And then I knew her, her editor. And he was like, and I was, I was a huge fan. Like, I mean, she was absolutely just like my favorite comedian for such a long period of time. And I was just like, yeah, I would love to have her do something for the site. So for whatever reason, we decided the best thing to do was to put her in the comment section and field questions from people. Mm-hmm. And it didn't go well. And at the time, my thought was that I need to put the site first over someone else's humanity. So because it didn't go well, I decided to trash her afterwards and did this whole entire post basically mm-hmm. saying just like, you know, how awful she was, et cetera, et cetera. So that kind of made the rounds a little bit. And she saw it and was devastated. And she was just like, you know, I, I thought I thought we had like an understanding at least. And, you know, I, I really wanted to help you out. And, uh, you know, I like what you do. And I didn't I didn't see this coming. Right. And, you know, I, I and obviously it was a very small thing. And I mean, she's gone through tougher battles, obviously, along those lines. But it stuck with me. And I remember because I made a choice to hurt someone for my own benefit. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had a, I made a lot of those types of, of choices. But what I think is fascinating about her is basically the way that she's kind of you know, navigating her past work and how it's not aged well and going through her own right. sort of just like, you know, self-investigation about why she did certain things, why she made certain jokes, why she thought that was OK. And, you know, I, I just feel like and I feel like this with a lot of people that. I have a new sense of empathy almost. I, and I, we have a couple of people on the show where I say, and, and James Fry was one of those people where I think we can share the same limp, right? Because when everything mm-hmm. was happening with me, with Gawker publicly, you know, James was the only person who I could call and say, well, yeah, I mean, just like, you know, I, I mean, I, I feel so ridiculous because I'm having this, you know, this billionaire and, and this professional wrestler basically kind of torch my life. And he was just like, well, you know, who's more powerful than both those people, Oprah. And I was just like, well, yeah, you're right. So 
just like any any sort of absurd sort of kind of just what what seemed like this this stuff that was happening directly to me james could trump it right every single time yeah and, oh no yeah and i he needed i the, needed so much there, right but i mean it was also just like there was there was no other person in my life at that point who i could talk to who could just say I understand exactly what you're going through. I understand exactly how you're feeling. Here's how you feel. Yes, you you walk through that stuff. And, you know, obviously, I mean, I don't think that Sarah Silverman and I will ever get to have that conversation, but I feel like I could have it in a different way than I did before, right? And I feel like she'd be really, I, I I think that she would have a really good share, so to speak, you know? I saw, because she does a wonderful, podcast right now really kind of just scraping through all that stuff and handling some really tough questions about her 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 past and i'm like you know she's doing some work outside of the, her industry that's that's very evident right that i can recognize mm-hmm. that she's absolutely mm-hmm. kind of just like talking to people and 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 making exactly just like some some headway personally that you know is is very inspiring to me because I, I, I that, that's that's the purpose of the show is basically just like whatever she's doing right now, I want some of that in my life, and I have to apply that to it. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, And then I go crush a workout in the body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, Hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I want to know, what are you listening to? Um, How Long Gone. (laughs) <laughs> that's, my, that's my favorite podcast right now. Um, Wait, I've never like, heard of it. Tell me everything. Yeah, it's with it's with Chris Black and Jason Seward. Chris Black used to do, um, what do you do, like the strategist for New York Magazine? He's basically just like, you know, one of those uh, dandy men's writers for a long period of time. And, oh, okay. Uh, you know, and they've done several podcasts together. But I mean, it is just, uh, New York Times just did a huge feature on them. Uh, and the broadcast is basically what they, they've they've called oh. it, but but these guys have such a rapport, and I, I don't usually get into just super one on one, just you know guys talking and interviewing sort of formats, right? And mm-hmm. I just feel like they're so tight about it, and I always learn things too because I mean there's <laughs> they're so fashion forward, and they're so kind of plugged mm-hmm. into the world in a way that I just don't do anymore. That I, I just love the way that they handle it. And, uh, you know, I it's it's funny to watch this thing take off. That was kind of a pandemic podcast and then basically become – they're on tour now, like doing a, oh a, a live show. of Yeah. No. It's it's wow. become a thing, right? Mm-hmm. See, I don't usually like two dudes on a microphone, that genre. No, but they have something – they have something really unique about their show. All right, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Is there one episode that I should start with that should be my me. drug? Yeah, me. You. Start with me. Yeah, start with me on that show. That's the that's the best one. <laughs> okay. um, no, but the Phoebe Bridgers one is really good. So poofy, so handsome. You're also on the cover. You're also on the cover of Alternative Press. That, oh, yeah. that, let's really talk. That's that's my Vanity Fair. That's your Vogue. Is it not? <laughs> Yeah, I had a. I used to cut out like alt press pictures and put them on my wall and stuff. So is there? So I can. So you're saying I can finally take down my Jimmy World pull out poster and replace it with a Phoebe Bridgers alternative press branded poster? Yeah, definitely. Do you think is it is it weird to think that you're that you're bigger than you know like Bright Eyes or 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 any of these people like that who you kind of grew up idolizing? Perhaps it's news to me. <laughs> Well, it's how many times did Bright Eyes play SNL? You know, yeah. Although I think they they uh, they were more punk rock than me. Like I think they every television show is probably correctly afraid of them yeah. uh, trashing something, or they got in trouble for smashing all their instruments on like a really really ancient stage once. <laughs> so I think word spread pretty quick. That's why. That's why we like you. That's why we like you. Oh, this is so funny because I'm scrolling through this and this is like a who's you know, who like 20 people. people. Oh, look, Claire Mazer has been on here. Yep. It's, I mean, it's I know. literally everybody that yeah. I know. I yeah. was just on their show, I was just on a thing or two. So, Claire, Claire and Erica have known them forever, as has AJ. They founded the company of, of a, a kind, kind, which was mm. of a kind. It was so before its time, it was about mm, sustainable. Yeah. 
retail and like great storytelling around these incredible designers. And after that, they wrote a book together called Work Life. And now they have a podcast called A Thing or Two, which is the two of them talking about things, really. I mean, that, and that's the best way to describe it. It's things that they find inspiring or interesting, but they both have this incredible eye for curation. Yeah. So the thing that they find interesting for the week is the thing that you're going to go on. It's going to be the most interesting thing of your month. Yeah. I think. Well, it's a, say, their, their part, their partnership is just a, is, is a true partnership too, which I got to see when I was on the show, kind of their work in action where you saw, you saw Claire's personality and you saw Erica's personality and then just watch it like, you know, kind of Voltron together, where it became kind of this one, this one super kind of, it was, it was really wonderful to see kind of in action. Yeah. Yeah. Their, I mean, their chemistry is pretty much undeniable. It's undeniable in person. And then it carries over into the podcast too. We're just mm-hmm. gonna play, yeah, and and their whole entire and operation. Yeah. It's right. great. Yeah. Everything, everything they do, Claire and Erica, we're both huge fans. We just, we just fan girl boyed all, all over you every part of mm-hmm. you yeah they're the best and and just their 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 taste is impeccable they know how to do this they just have they have a way of actually just executing that i just find superb and every episode every single episode it's surprising there's something surprising and delightful and the most yeah. recent episode actually um they talk about a renowned butter sculptor <laughs> which I want us to listen to a quick clip of because I, I mean, you just, you, you want this butter sculpture in your ears and you want to know about this. And they always, yeah. they managed to find the things that you didn't know that you want to know right. in absolutely every episode. Because we're starting with a really exciting topic, the retirement of the Minneapolis State Fair butter sculptor. This is huge. So you and I have talked about the Minneapolis State Fair a few times Mm -hmm. because it is a truly um, iconic state fair that we have both attended. Mm -hmm. It's like the only, I mean, I think I've been to the Illinois State Fair and the the Minnesota State Fair and that's it. And the Minnesota State Fair is known for being like one of the, one of the best. It's like that in Texas and maybe Iowa, like those are the contenders. And yeah, I mean, just like the butters, we the, like. Can you explain the butter sculptors? Yeah, I mean, this was certainly this was certainly one of the things that left the biggest impression on me on my when attending the fair. So there's a dairy tent in it. You can get milkshakes and soft serve and see cows being milked and stuff like that. But you is can, that where the birthing tent is, or no? That's no, somewhere it's else. separate. The baby, that's mm-hmm. the baby animal yeah. birthing tent elsewhere. Yeah, Got but it. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're probably next door to each other and similar vibes. But in the middle of the dairy tent, there is a giant glass dome that is rotating. So it's almost like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like on a lazy Susan, but it's massive. And inside of it is a sculptor carving a bust of a woman who's, and they're both in big down parkas and she's carving a butter bust of a beauty pageant winner. And basically all of the candidates for Princess K of the Milky Way, which is this beauty pageant. One more time. Princess what? Princess K of the Milky Way. It's too good. I could be getting this wrong. Please don't fact check me because we're not (laughs) journalists. I think all of the candidates get their bust carved, but it may be that just the winner does. I think just the winner. Um, 
It has been so amazing to see your face, my friend. Me too. Thank you so much for doing this. This was really great because it reminded me that it is fully okay if I have B minus days and sometimes a C plus day. C plus, yeah. C plus, yeah. yeah. And I think I think that that's what really good shares reminds us of that like we're all we need to be aware that all of us are going through it and we don't see that enough because all we see is like just the glossy stuff mm. on social media. Yeah, we should do another podcast called just like B minus, basically. Yeah. B minus. B minus yeah. days. Right. B minus days. That that should that could be our secret menu podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That is it for the pod club this week. Really Good Shares just finished its first season, so you can binge all of the episodes right now. As a quick reminder, the shows that AJ recommended are How Long Gone and A Thing or Two, which I know we've mentioned a few times now, and I promise we are having Claire and Erica on this show very, very soon. Stay well, my friends. The world is hard. Talk next week. The Pod Club is hosted by me, Joe Piazza. Our executive producers are me again and Emily Marinoff. Our producers are Mary Dew and Darby Masters. Our associate producer is Lauren Phillip. Our theme and additional music was composed by Aaron Kaufman. Aaron Kaufman is also our consulting producer. And special thanks to Nikki Itor, who was just a wonderful human being who I like to thank at the end of episodes. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.